0: Scripture reading today.
1: Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew verse or chapter 14 verses 22 through 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds and after he had dismissed the crowds he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, "'Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water.' He said, "'Come.' So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, "'Lord, save me.' Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, "'You of little faith, why did you doubt when, you, when they got into the boat? The wind ceased.' And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The word of God for the people of God.
0: Thanks be to God. Thank you, Brenda. Well, in 2015, it was an act of faith when Gina and I decided to leave Wabasha, which is where we are living, so that I could become a pastor and fulfill this calling that I felt upon my heart. Uh, we left our church. We left our friends. We left our community where we felt comfortable, where we knew our neighbors and others in that area. Uh, we left some family that were nearby. We loved an area that we loved, where we could go hiking and do the things that we really enjoyed, being on the river as well. And we left our careers that we felt comfortable in. And that's all. All of those things are what are involved in a big act, or really any act, maybe even a leap of faith, is some sort of level of change in all those areas. And all that stuff is what I expected. We knew that we were going to have to leave. We knew that we were going to move four hours from everything that we had known, which is where we moved to was Slayton, uh, very far away from where we felt comfortable. I expected all that, but what I probably should have expected but didn't was the state of overwhelm that that act of faith would generate within me. Going back to school for the first time and I don't know close to a decade moving a career change where I felt like I was learning things every day all day like just going to a meeting like a worship meeting what's involved here and just trying to soak it all in everything writing a sermon I'm not kidding you in the first week that I was on the job I thought well the thing that I'll do and overwhelm is just write out all the things that I'm responsible for the most important thing okay Tuesday sermon that's it (laughs) Like I can't even think of anything else. I mean, it, was, it took so much learning just to get like I didn't feel completely overwhelmed. All this stuff cognitively, I was overwhelmed. Spiritually, I felt like I was pushed way beyond my limit and emotionally feeling continually overwhelmed, having to get comfortable coming up and talking in front of people. All these different examples of what overwhelm kind of looks like in life. And it would take me, I'm not kidding you, eight years to get out of those feelings of overwhelm. That condition or posture of overwhelm is is a common experience in life, especially now. I'm guessing that everybody here today has either felt overwhelmed in this last week, hopefully not today, it's early still. (laughs) Hopefully you didn't wake up overwhelmed, but sometimes we experience that as well. We go to bed feeling overwhelmed and we wake up feeling overwhelmed. But even if you aren't personally feeling overwhelmed, I'm willing to bet that someone you care about is in that state of overwhelm. Either in their mind or in their heart, emotionally, physically overwhelmed. Overwhelm involves being beyond our limits in one or all areas of life. And sometimes life circumstances can bring feelings of overwhelm, like losing a job or starting a new job can feel overwhelming. Trauma that we experience in life is definitely overwhelming. Loss and grieving. The loss of a loved one makes us feel overwhelmed. We're we're adjusting to this new reality. And in our minds and in our emotions, it's taxing. It pushes us beyond our limits. Health problems can create a, a state of overwhelm. Going back to school. Sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes serving the church can feel overwhelming. There's not enough helpers, there's too, too much responsibility, whatever it might be. These are just some of the ways that we experience overwhelm. And so I wonder today, what have been your seasons of overwhelm? When was that time that you felt overwhelmed? Maybe you're in one now. This feels like a lot. Moving to a new place. Adjusting to life without somebody really important to you. Walking through a season of failure. Causes of overwhelm tend to overlap and amplify one another. So if you're grieving and then you have to look for a new job or something like that on top of it, it can really make one feel worse than the other. So the more... In more places where we're living beyond our limits, it actually makes the other ones even harder. And so for short periods of time, we can move beyond that. We can endure what it takes to live in a, in a state of overwhelm. We can take on more responsibility as we're adjusting to a new reality, as we're, say, going back to school and sorting out what does that look like. We can get through times of sleeplessness. We can go through times of uh, not feeling well physically or, or something like that we can take on extra responsibility for a season. But we can't live in that space of going beyond our limits for long periods of time. We we, we need to start to ask ourselves, what limits am I living beyond and how can I make an adjustment in in that space? Now, culture tells us that we don't have limits. Have you noticed this? Culture says that we should value pushing harder. If you're feeling down, that's not what life is about. Sleep when you're dead, right? Push harder. Just push through it. Strive more. Do more. If you want to be valued in this culture today, do more than what you're used to. Do more than what you can handle. You don't have limits. All you need is more caffeine. Just see, look around in Mankato. There's a new coffee shop every week, it seems like, right? Why do you think that is? Because people think all I need is more caffeine. So they're providing that, uh, that need. Maybe all I need is a a new life hack. If I could just read the right self-help book or a new version of my software on my phone or maybe a new phone, that will help me in my state of overwhelm. That will really help. I know it will. Some sort of organizational strategy. Or maybe I'll take a downer. Some kind of a powerful downer. Or this is something that I made up. Have you ever heard this? Probably not. I just made it up. It's a zoner. What's a zoner? Zoner. Well, I had a hard day, I'm going to go binge on Netflix. You just took a zoner. <laughs> I had a hard day, I'm going to scroll on Netflix or on Facebook for a couple hours. That's a zoner, friends. It's just, I'm overwhelmed, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to shop on Amazon for a little while, and that's going to help me feel better. But what a zoner, or a downer, or any new life hack, or a version of iPhone, or whatever, does not do, guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't move you out of overwhelm. You stay in a position of overwhelm. That's why addictions and alcoholism are so corrosive. It's because it creates the illusion that things are better, but they actually get worse. I'm telling you, a zoner is the same way. Don't be judging on people who are (laughs) hooked on drugs or alcohol. A zoner is the same thing. And the culture tells us that we don't have limits, so we don't need to try and get out of that. We just need to get something else to take in, and we become stuck. Now, while it's true that life involves times of feeling overwhelmed, it's true. It's unavoidable. Life is just like that sometimes. Sometimes we just have to endure. Sometimes we have to lean on others for strength. Sometimes we just have to go through it. But it's also true that God made us, God made you and I, with limits, We need sleep. I need seven hours of sleep minimum, or it's not pretty. Some people, I know Kyle says he only needs like five hours of sleep. I don't know, Kyle. I don't know how you do it, man. You know, my mentor used to say that too. I only need about four or five hours of sleep. Okay. (laughs) But we each have limits that we need to discern. We need connection with other people through relationships. I believe we need in-person relationships, honestly, to feel fulfilled within our hearts. So to not have those is to live beyond our limits. We need food. We need meaning and purpose in our lives. We need boundaries as well. The key for us is to not try to constantly avoid overwhelm, like I'm not going to do anything because I don't ever want to feel overwhelmed, but rather to, to learn to recognize when we are experience overwhelm and to see where is it that I'm living beyond my limits, identifying what those limits might be. And then when we're in that space of feeling overwhelmed and we know that we're living beyond our limits, choosing to respond in a way that actually gets us out of overwhelm or enhances the time that we're in it or maybe even shortens that season of overwhelm, saying, what is it that I can actually do during this time? So what we see in this scripture, this is why I picked this scripture, is that Peter is overwhelmed. Do you agree with that? He's walking on the water, but he's living beyond his limits. Physically, he starts to sink. He's emotionally overwhelmed. He's emotionally beyond his limits because he's afraid, we read in the text. Spiritually, he's living beyond his limits. He, he, he's limited in what he believes about God. That's a spiritual limitation. He has doubts, we learn in hindsight. Now, it's easy. I've heard this text preached on many times, and it's easy to read this text and focus on what Peter did wrong. Well, he doubted. We're just supposed to not doubt. Okay? (laughs) Yes, the text says that, but can we really live that way where we never doubt, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed or pushed beyond our limits? I don't know. I can't. Uh, But what I think we can look at actually instead is what Peter did right here. What do you think he did right? I see that he stepped out in faith. He stepped out of the boat. Jesus appeared to all the disciples in the boat, and Peter is the one who said, God, if it's you, then tell me to come out of the boat. I'll take that act of faith. I'll take that step of faith. If you tell me to get out, I'll get out. And then he did. Last I checked it in, the, in the Scripture, none of the other disciples did that. Peter got out. And that's how we learn our limits, friends. We learn our limits, especially our spiritual limits, by testing them. By getting out of the boat and saying, can I do this? God is asking me to do it. God is asking me, in my case, God is asking me and Gina to move far away from our friends and family. A couple years ago, I said, I cannot do this, God. I'm sinking here. But that's what an act of faith is, is getting out and testing our limits. And if we don't, then we never grow. We never grow. I've said I'm so glad that we left. Had I known it was going to be as hard as it was, I never would have. And thank God I didn't know that. Because I'm in a good place. God has led me to things that I would have never imagined and people that I would have never imagined had we stayed in Wabasha. But that's what faith in Christ is. is not staying comfortable as much as we would like to stay comfortable Faith in Christ is is not never trying anything new or never growing or never being afraid. Of course we're going to be afraid if we're living by faith, never being vulnerable. We should feel vulnerable and afraid and walk to the edge of our limits so that then we can see what God will do in that space. Another thing that Peter did right is that he noticed the strong wind. He noticed it. And then he began to sink. And then what did he do in that moment when he noticed that he was feeling overwhelmed? He cried out. He paid attention to the fact that he was overwhelmed and he was beyond his limits. And then he did what he could to get out. Friends, a life of faith involves continually, actively, stepping out a little bit farther than where we're comfortable. But then being able to learn our limits and to be willing to live within them. We have to try things and learn and then adjust. Try things and learn and adjust. And ask God throughout that whole process, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Not what is it that you want Larry to do. Larry, that's your job is to discern that. I to help you if you want. <laughs> what is it that you want me to do, God? Not anybody else but me. Peter tried to walk on water, and he couldn't. Can anybody else here walk on water? All right, we're on the same page. That's good. I can't either. (laughs) But the fact that he tried made space for him to learn about his limits. He said, well, if God is saying I can do this, I'm going to try it. And then he was growing in his courage to say yes to Jesus. He grew in courage in that moment. The whole idea of finding our limits is so that we can live into un, to the unlimited grace and power of Jesus. We come to the edge of our limits in our power, and then we receive the unlimited power and grace of Jesus Christ. Peter's example is easy for us, I think. Is it, it's kind of easy, right? If he, wouldn't have, uh, if he wouldn't have cried out to Jesus, he would have drowned. That's just how it would have gone. The text would have said, Peter stepped out in the boat. He tried to walk on water. Didn't work, he drowned. (laughs) Kind of depressing. That's an easy one, but sometimes we choose to live beyond our limits. We choose to live stuck in an overwhelmed state. We just get comfortable there. And even though we know that something's wrong, or that we feel continually exhausted, or continually stressed out or anxious... We choose to not make any changes because, well, I'm pretty comfortable. And, by the way, change is hard. And looking at our life in a reflective sort of a way is challenging. It makes us feel vulnerable. It takes courage. But the longer that we live in an overwhelmed state, the lower our quality of life and the worse our behaviors. God did not intend for us to live in a state of overwhelm continually. To just say, well, just do more. You know, just try and do everything in your life that either you want to do or others want you to do. Just keep grinding. That's what the world tells you to do? That is not what God asks of us. That is not what God wants for you. God wants a life of peace and joy, of contentment, even within the storm. When I stay in a state of overwhelm, this is what happens to me. I become fearful. I have an inner response of reactivity to the things that happen around me. I I start to get defensive about small things even. I start to feel anxiety growing within my heart. I maybe avoid the things that I know I should do, but I don't really want to do because I'm overwhelmed. Or it's easy for us as Christians to become apathetic when we're living beyond our limits so the, a, a really good example of this is when you take in too much news too much hard stuff when you focus too much on the negative a self-protective response is to become apathetic because we can't handle that kind of input our brains can't can't process all of that we weren't meant to see all that and not be able to respond So then the compassionate part of our hearts and minds turns it off and says, well, there's not much I can do about that. So we can maybe limit what we take in so that we can respond with compassion and and just live in that Christ-like place. So I would like to share with you a couple tools that can help get you out of overwhelm, okay? Are you ready for these tools? The first one is, is just a question. What are some signs for you that you're starting to sink. What are some signs for you in your life? A mentor of mine says, what are the yellow lights that say that you're getting into a place that you don't want to show up as? So like if I start to not be able to find contentment in the moment, it's kind of a yellow light. If I start to think about what other people should be doing instead of what I should be doing, that's a yellow light for me. That's a sign that I'm sinking. What are those signs for you? Maybe it's sleeplessness. Maybe it's turning to the bottle or to a a zoner. (laughs) If you find yourself just instead of reaching out to friends, you find yourself just self-medicating in some way. What are those yellow lights for you? What are those signs that you're starting to sink? We need to be able to recognize that. And then here's another good tool about knowing how much to take on. Because a big part of overwhelm is not to just stop doing everything. I'm telling you, if we do that as a church, then we'll really, as a church, we'll be in overwhelm. Because we all need to contribute our part. right? And if one person says, I'm done with that, and leaves a big void, now somebody else is going to be twice as overwhelmed as they already were. So the key is to be, uh, be conscious of your limits before you get into that state of overwhelm. So this is where this tool comes in handy. You can do this in your own life. Some of you are retired, and I know that it's, you, know, you don't have the same levels of overwhelm as some others do. But this is a good way of knowing, is this something I want to do? Is this something that I want to take on? Or maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe there's more that I could do. An acronym here that I got from a, a mentor, a coach of mine, actually, is... Can remember it as Moscow. Now it's not pro Russia or anything like that, but it's just a way to remember it. Okay. The letters M, S, C, W. This is a way that you can think about your life. M is must. S is should. C is could. W is. Yeah, not want to. No, that's not in this one. Would. No, won't. Sorry. Who said would? You threw me off. I'm very easily persuaded today. (laughs) So think about your life. What are the things you must do to be well? To be in a good place? Or maybe it has to do with your job or your responsibilities to your family. Things that you must do should. Things like, well, I could get away with not doing that. Like as a pastor, I could get away with not praying in my private time. You wouldn't know, but eventually you would know because you would tell by the way that I'm showing up. Uh, You know, I'm not so sure he's doing the things that he should do, but now that's not the point of the exercise. This is not what you think I should be doing, Kyle. It's about what you should be doing. It's between you and the Lord. Could do. This is a good one here because this is saying, um, it's an opportunity. I could do it, but I'm not really required to it. It's something that I need to maybe pray more about. And won't, this is where you should start. These are the things I won't do. I won't skip church for more than two weeks in a row. Would be a good one, right? And a good one up here would be the things that you need to do every week to make you well. So for some of you, I'm not trying to pick on you for a church attendance. I'm just giving you a practical example. I must go to church every week, either on Wednesday or Sunday because that's where I feel fulfilled. I must go to my recovery group because that's where I receive the support that I need. I must pray every day. I must engage with my kids every day because that's what I need to be well and to feel like I'm living out God's purpose for my life. Won't and could are when we start to to live into overwhelm. When we start to feel maybe some resentments. If we have too much in this area that we're doing, and we can shed those so that we can live into this area, which is more about purpose. This is more about your giftedness. This is more about uh, meaning in life and significance that helps you feel close to God. Does that make sense? I use this. I think about this often. And I'll tell you, a little trick down here for the won't the same person who shared this with me said if it's not a heck if it's not a heck yes it should be a heck no if it's not something that sounds good to you and life-giving to you then pass it on now i'm telling you again i have to repeat this that if everybody in the church says i won't do this i won't do uh ushering. I won't do sound booth. I won't be a leader in the, in the church councils. I won't come to church regularly. I won't be a Sunday school teacher. I won't be in a small group. If everyone does that, what are we left with? <laughs> the key is that we're getting out of the boat. That we're trying things that are hard for us, but then if we get into that space and we say, gosh, I tried a small group and that's just... I tried it for a few weeks and that was just too much for me. Or I tried to be an usher and that was too much. Now, if that's the case, I'm going to have to talk to you because it's really easy. Right, <laughs> Right, Larry? You just light the candles and bring the book up. That's it. But do you see what I mean? Our aim as Christians is to know our limits. To live within our limits so that we can receive the unlimited love and grace of Christ. And to be a church of people who are overcoming overwhelm. Not to stay in overwhelm, because everybody is overwhelmed and not very many people are moving out of it. We become a church of people who are overcoming overwhelm and responding to the voice of Jesus in our lives. Living within our limits and learning from what we experience together. Amen. Let's take this time of silence and reflect upon just a couple things. First of all, what's the sign that I'm sinking? What's the sign, the yellow light, that tells me, maybe the people around me, that I'm overwhelmed? And second, think about either these Two things. What are the things that I'm doing in my life that I just I won't do anymore? I just can't. And what are the things that I must do that are so important to me that I cannot neglect them? Let God speak into your heart in that space. Lord Jesus, you know our hearts and our minds better than we do. You know us as a whole better than we know ourselves. And God, you see how many of us live in a state of overwhelm, either in our minds or in our emotions or physically just overwhelmed, trying to do too much, more than we can handle. And God, we pray that you would uh, come to us in our lives in the way that you came to Peter you would save us from our overwhelm, but that we would have willing hearts to step out in faith. And when we notice that we're overwhelmed, to cry out to you, to choose to do something about it, to change our habits and our lifestyle so that we can shorten that time or so that we can get out of it. So God, we're depending upon your grace and your wisdom to help us in this discerning journey that might take years for us to uh, move away from things that aren't life-giving to us and step into the things that you call us to. So God, I pray that as we experience times of being overwhelmed, that you would give us courage to change, but also comfort us and give us the energy that we need to endure times when there is no other option but to feel overwhelmed. And we trust that you are with us and that you are guiding us, giving us strength, that you will continue to lead us in this journey. Jesus, we offer this prayer in Your name.